ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 321st ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week was the trip that Tiger Woods took us on in the Wayback Machine this weekend, uh, something we weren't sure we would ever see again indeed happened. That, of course, is Tiger in contention on a major on a Sunday. His 64 yesterday was his lowest Sunday score ever in a major, and he, as he had his best weekend score ever as well. His iron play and putting was simply off the charts yesterday, and now he just needs to straighten out his driving to complete the comeback with a win. And it's obviously going to come sooner rather than later. And yesterday was just simply the most enjoyable golf I've watched in a decade or more. Uh, I literally watched every single shot of Tigers and just about everybody else. And it was just electric from start to finish. Uh, It was all there. The fist pumping, the crowd roars, uh, and all capped off by the final putt, uh, closing out the major with a long putt, consistent with what he was doing all day. And he uh, he simply was able to put himself in position if Brooks Kepka would have faltered, uh, which he didn't. Uh, but he re- kept that final putt, kept the lead at two strokes, and you never know what can happen. So... Hence his excitement, his fist pump, his uh, acting as if he won the tournament. And we all know he didn't and he probably wasn't going to win. But nonetheless, he had to have that putt to simply keep a little pressure on Brooks Kepka. And my low light of the week was the rain uh, on Friday, stopping what was a sizzling hot start by Tiger and who knows what would have happened that day? Could have changed everything. Uh, he started off really, really hot. And at that point, Brooks Kepka hadn't emerged. And uh, had the rains not come and washed out the rest of the round on Friday, which, of course, got started again first thing uh, bright and early on Saturday morning, then, uh, then who knows? Things could have been differently, and Tiger might have actually won because he was really, really off to a great start on Friday. 
and it would have just been wonderful to see him uh, keep it going, see what would have happened there. But it didn't. So uh, hats off to Brooks Kepka, who really is uh, my bizarre story of the week. He is suddenly uh, flirting with history. He's in. He's made history. Uh, he's just come out of nowhere, basically, in the last year and a half. Uh, number one, he actually won yesterday by never relinquishing the lead yesterday under just intense pressure. Uh, and that being Tiger Woods, uh, on his tail basically throughout the round. And then his Kepka's playing partner, Adam Scott, staying right with him till the very, very end to the last couple holes. Nothing was decided, uh, until those last couple holes. And suddenly, Brooks Kepka finds himself in the pantheon of all-time greats. Uh, he's won two majors in the same year, as they said on the broadcast. He's obviously going to be the golfer of the year. He's won three of the past six majors he has played. That is stunning, which includes, of course, back-to-back U.S. Opens. And then uh, all, all by the age of 28. So he ironically has joined Tiger in uh, in many of these uh, historical groupings, shall we say. Uh, became the fifth golfer to win three majors by the time he was 28 years old. Uh, of course, when he won the Open, uh, back-to-back U.S. Opens, I think he was the first to do it in 30 years. Uh, even Tiger's not in that group. And... Uh, and, of course, uh, winning two majors in the same year, winning specifically the PGA and the U.S. Open, joined another group that includes uh, all-time greats, including Tiger. So, again, I, I it's deja vu uh, in a way because less than two months ago in June on this very show, I asked the exact question, what are we to make of Brooks Kepka after he won his second U.S. Open in a row? And now, after him winning the PGA, uh, in again, I can't overstate this enough, in intense pressure, uh, holding the lead <clears throat> all day Sunday, never giving it up, with that leaderboard, you know, I haven't even gotten to, you know, people like Justin Thomas, defending PGA champion, uh, Ricky Fowler was in the mix, uh, you know, there were some big names uh, flirting around throughout the day. And uh, Brooks Kepka never blinked. So it was just, uh, it's impressive. It's really impressive. Um, he is, you know, looks like a bodybuilder, uh, just in great shape. Uh, he just pounds the ball down the fairway, uh, hits it straight, uh, something that Tiger Woods isn't doing off the tee, as we all know. The 17th just crushed him yesterday, hitting the. Uh, Hitting it to the right, into uh, into really bad grass that he basically just had to punch it out to the fairway, but that's really what did him in in the very very end. Uh, but no, no, nothing like that happening with Brooks Koepka. It was just like he just steps up to the tee and just boom, pounds it down the fairway. Nice touch to the green and a good putter. So it's just. Uh, he has all facets of the game, and he is just suddenly uh, 
the brightest star on the, in golf. Uh, and, you know, sharing the stage right now with Tiger Woods. And again, you can't overstate also what Brooks Kepka did in simply uh, doing all this with literally the entire sporting world rooting for Tiger. And that includes the just the fabulous, fabulous fans uh, out there in St. Louis, as we all know, all-time great sports fans. And he was just uh, just spectacular uh, in uh, handling all that. Uh, he talked about it. He knew everybody was rooting for Tiger. He was here in the roars. We all were. Uh, everybody wanted to see history, i.e. Tiger winning, complete the comeback, all that. And uh, Brooks Kepka stood up to all of that. And that's beyond impressive, uh, to say the least. So it was really, uh, again, uh, tremendous, just tremendous to watch. And uh, again, I can't remember enjoying uh, watching golf that much in just years. Uh, So uh, it's Tiger's back and up here in Boston, everybody's already excited, including myself, because two weeks from today, uh, the Tiger Traveling Circus hits town. He's going to be here for the Dell Technologies Classic, the one that ends on Labor Day every year, and Tiger is, number one, this tournament benefits his charity and has for years. Uh, so there's a personal connection. He, of course, has won it in the past. He always has, uh, seems to like coming to Boston. Great fans up here, obviously, as well. Uh, and it is going to be uh, special stuff two weeks from now. Um, I would say he has a chance, chance to win. It'd be nice. He, obviously, he didn't win a major, but it'd be nice to see him uh, you know, win a tournament this year. And I think that there's a genuine chance he could uh, he could break through at the Dell Technologies Classic uh, right outside Boston, less than a half an hour from where I'm speaking to you right now. Uh, I will be covering it. Uh, and again, uh, Boston's already excited at the prospect of Tiger, uh, Tiger coming to town, given the year he's had, the weekend he had, and it is really, really going to be a lot of fun. And speaking of Boston, just on a closing note, uh, went to the Patriots preseason game last Thursday night against the Redskins. Uh, No Tom Brady, disappointing, but uh, good game, good game, and great crowd. I mean, Patriots Nation just continues to grow. The love of football up here, the way that Boston has, against all odds, basically become a football town. Would have never thought that possible in this town, uh, given Red Sox and, for that matter, Bruins and Celtics. Uh, but uh, fans turned out in droves. It was like a it was a beautiful August evening up here, and uh, people were just hanging out over at uh, Patriot Place, the retail area that surrounds Gillette Stadium. So it was just a great night out. Uh, just good to see him back in uniform again. Uh, again, would have been nice to see Tom Brady 
that didn't happen, but uh, that's all right. We'll be seeing him soon enough. So for now, let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, great, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, you're more than welcome, A.P., and I was thinking of you over the weekend, uh... As I watched the ESPN hour-long show on Alabama football, I think it was called something like Training Days with the Alabama Crimson Tide. It was all about basically uh, them getting ready for the season, clearly filmed over the last couple of weeks. And it was just really, really well done. I truly believe I gained insights into Alabama football that I just didn't have before. Interviewing players, showing them all at a big cookout at Nick Saban's lake house up in, I believe, Georgia. Uh, Lots of airtime with Nick himself, both on camera and just his day-to-day travels. And just really, really well done. So uh, I thought it was great. 
Yeah, Nick Saban, he's always on the cutting edge, and I believe that he must feel that some things are being repeated about his program that he, where there's a misconception. So this is an opportunity to see things up close and personal. And he, he is a different person off camera with his players. And you can see he has a sense of humor. He has a, but he is a, a very methodical type personality though, because he does these same things with his players, takes them out on the boat ride, as you saw. And, uh, you know, he even goes to bed a certain hour and, I guess to the office uh, early in the morning at, at a prescribed time. So I think it's he wanted the, the folks uh, and the players that he's recruiting to see him in a different light. Yes, and all that came across really well in the show. What it was was really, it was basically, you know, hard knocks for college. Uh, that's what it was for sure. And, uh, right. you know, and by that I mean he showed him in coaches' meetings they showed him speaking to the team in the classroom setting. Uh, <clears throat> showed him on airplanes, heading to SEC media days, which, of course, you were at and you covered. That was a good part uh, where he basically was uh, doing his mess- finalizing his messaging for the inevitable question of Jalen Hurts versus Tua uh, and the quarterback uh, competition. And basically... Uh, you know, yeah, so it was basically like Hard Knocks boiled it down to one hour with all with very, very similar segments. And uh, and Nick Saban came across very well. He really did. I mean, he talked about, uh, you know, what kind of surprised me a little bit where he talked about basically, you know, how all the coaches have now, many of his coaches have gone on to other programs for the SEC. So they have, you know, a lot of, quote, the secrets uh, so it's up to Alabama. This is what he was telling the team in the meeting to basically, you know, do what we do better. You know, they're still going to do what we do, but now they have to do it better because what they do is clearly uh, sprinkled now around the SEC with former Alabama coaches at various spots, uh, especially with obviously Kirby Smart at Georgia. Uh, and they played in the national championship game last year, as we all know. So I thought that was really interesting, but he even had, you know, some lines that said, you know, they're chasing us. Everybody's chasing us. So he didn't shy away from yeah. recognizing the lofty position where Alabama currently finds itself. So I thought that was really pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And, John, it's always interesting to me when a player is trying to transfer one of the points that someone might make is, well, he can bring all the secrets within him, I'm saying. Do you really believe a player has more secrets than a coach or an assistant coach that was at, a ballot, at, at Alabama uh, previously? Yes, and, you know, like so many things, AP, whether it's, you know, I've seen this story before. I've seen this movie before, which is simply, you know, with Nick, with Nick Saban's mentor, of course, Coach Bill Belichick, right down the street from here at Gillette Stadium. How many coaches and players have left the Patriots exact same way as Alabama? Uh, Everybody wants to get a taste, you know, a little of that success sprinkled in their organization. But it never really seems to matter. You know, it just doesn't. I mean, no no coaches have left the Patriots and gone on to great things. Some have done some good things, but nothing, you know, nothing great. No championships come to mind immediately. Uh, Same with players. You know, it's always a topic. 
you, you know, uh, we even saw last year on the reverse side when James Harrison left the Steelers to come to the Patriots. And, you know, there's a lot of chatter about, like, it was simply in advance of what would, what's expected to be the AFC Championship game and what secrets could James Harrison bring. And everybody plays it down, and, and I think there's a lot to be said for it because it, it, I can't really, off the top of my head, remember a situation where, you know, it, for, for a game with a player or even for a season with a coach where you said, aha, you know, he, he he brought what he knew and immediately instilled that, you know, the Patriot thing or perhaps the Alabama thing. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. I mean, Bill Belichick, I think he's notorious for signing uh, players from the New York Jets. Exactly, and vice versa. I, mean, I remember know, when the Jets signed quarterback right. Kevin O'Connell a few years back, and everybody's like, oh, right. that's it, yeah. that's it, now they got him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just goes on and on. Yeah. Uh, There's a little bit more, a little bit more than getting a, a scheme or something of that nature to overcome a champion. You still yeah. beat him on the field. Exactly, exactly. Well, it's always an interesting topic, you, you know, because it, it just happens so often. But you know, right now, of course, Belichick and Saban are the kings of the NFL and the NCAA, and. Uh, you know, both of them have had a ton of coaches move on. Heck, Brian Sable even went from the Patriots to Alabama. Um, <laughs> you know, and but anyways, more more importantly, we're talking about when they go on to opponents, different organizations, what have you, and it just never seems to really, uh, you know, show up on the field, shall we say, to any great degree. Um, but it's going to keep happening, that's for sure. The other thing that I really liked, AP, that they talked about, because I've always found it interesting, it's obvious, but yet interesting, and the players talked about this, was uh, how, you, you know, how when you go to Alabama, you know, everybody on the, uh, everybody on the team was like, and the, these are direct quotes, you know, was, either the, was obviously the best player on the team, likely the best player in the state, uh, where they, wherever they came from. And, you know, they show up at Alabama, and it's just like, it's just all-stars uh, across the board. It's something you can speak to better than anyone, a whole lot better than me, and a whole lot better than a 10-minute segment of a show could do either. But I've always found that interesting, you know. <clears throat> just exactly, you know. What's the feeling when you show up and, you know, you're you're – you have spent a lifetime as maybe the best player in your state, and all of a sudden you show up, and there's in your very position that you're competing for two or three other best players in the state right beside you. Yeah, John, what normally happens is one of two things over the years is the player embraces the challenge Correct. or they retreat because they, they feel threatened, and it takes them a while to get out of that funk. Either they're, they're going to stay and it takes them maybe some time to mull that over in their mind and understand that every day I have to give my best just to be on the same field with some of these other players that are equal in talent and ability. And some never recover and they end up transferring. But Correct. that's been the, the method of operation at Alabama. They bring in top talented players and let them compete. It's wide open. Uh, Nick Saban, he always makes a statement that he'll play the most talented individuals 
And normally that's the case. And uh, you, you see freshman players, you did last, the last championship game, six freshmen on offense were in the fourth quarter playing together. Right, right, exactly. Yes, the talent is just superb, which is why, you know, freshmen can come in and make immediate impacts because they're just such terrific talents. You just can't, you just can't hold them down, basically. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, again, just a really, really well done show. The other thing that came across nicely, AP, was uh, just the facilities. Again, something you're intimately familiar with, much more so than me. But, boy, you know, to watch that show was an eye-popping experience to see the tremendous facilities and that being the practice field layouts and all that. Obviously, the gym is off the charts, and they featured also the strength coach, who I guess is a bit of a legend, as you would know. And Cochran, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Cochran. Exactly right. He, he, got, he got a lot of airtime. Players love him, it seems. And, uh, yeah, but again, the facilities were like, it was a wow. Like, you know... If you didn't know anything and just were watching the show, if you didn't know any of the history or the success and you just watched the show, you would come away saying like, wow, I can't believe those facilities, truly. So, uh, and lastly, AP, just the energy, you know, uh, Saban's theme, and I guess he has a different theme each year, or if he has the same theme, he embellishes it each year, but it was all about what's your breaking point? That was his talk to all the team. It was his consistent message. Find your breaking point. Uh, and then he just like went over it and over it and over it. So the messaging, I mean, he's just, he's like a CEO. He is the CEO. I mean, it just reminded me so much of what you see in business with messaging and whatnot and con- the consistency and over and over and over again with the same message. Uh, so it was great. It was great, AP. I loved it. Yeah, he uses the same lingo. He speaks about not a football program. He's always saying, how can we improve the organization? Yep, exactly right. That's the word he used. How many football coaches use that term, right? How many football coaches use that term? You're 100% right, AP. That that came across. I was thinking about that during the show while I was watching it, like how he kept (laughs) using that word organization. Um, And, boy, it sure is that when he did the coaches meeting, AP, it was this packed it was a massive table, of course, every seat filled, and then all the seats around the exterior of the table up against the wall, so to speak, were all filled. I mean, it looked to be 30, 40 people, easy. Easy. <laughs> right, right. And, and, John, they picked quite a year to follow Alabama with this quarterback decision to be made. Yes, perfect year. Perfect year. And he handled that beautifully, too. He played it the way I would play it, which is the way I, I view it, and I think you do too. Is just very simple, two words. We'll see. TBD, to be determined. I mean, that's what they're there for, is to have a competition. And his line that really uh, came across was, and he was rehearsing this on the plane, going to SEC Media Days, which you again covered just a few weeks back, which is uh, who's going to win the team, period. That You just kept saying that over and over and over. Whoever wins the team will get the job. So, yeah, I, again, it, it just seems obvious to me. I mean, he basically was saying, don't ask me. I'll let you know before the first game or 
whatever the day of the first game maybe <laughs> but you know which is exactly how any you know smart person would play it that's the answer he doesn't know yet i genuinely believe he doesn't know yet so there's just nothing to talk i mean it's worth a you know you can't help but talk about it but you have to have full recognition that this is not going to be decided till the week leading up to the first game earliest. Yeah, there's a little kind of a complication in there. Maybe we can talk at it in the next segment. But uh, but anyway, and another thing that he always likes to preach in the early days of camp is finding the identity of the team. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Every team is different. No matter how much they may look the same. I'll go back to my Patriots example. I'm sure you would speak to this at Alabama. To the, you know, to the fans across the country, and I don't mean like people who watch the NFL but are not Patriots fans, people who watch college football but are not Alabama fans, it just seems like it's the same thing every year from the outside <laughs> looking in. But it's not. <laughs> you know, it's not. No. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, how it, it appears. Yeah. It's very different every year. Right. Yeah, it's very different, and you know the, the quarterback is going to be different probably every couple of years, and the running backs, wide receivers. I mean, those are the dynamics that you're always trying to figure out. So it's always leaves a lot of fun for people to anticipate who will start. Exactly. Well, nothing like it, AP, and hard to believe. You mentioned the next segment. We are at the break point for our next segment, so. Uh... Yeah, so why don't we take our break now and lots more to get to on the other side of the break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand, all from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-294. 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., in the previous segment, we talked about the great uh, new program on ESPN, hour-long special on uh Training days with the Crimson Tide, Alabama football here in the first couple weeks of August, and uh, it was terrific. It's going to be replaying multiple times over the next few weeks. Everybody will have many chances to see it, but again, AP, I just thought it was great, and uh, you know, the quarterback question remains the biggest question in all of college football. Yeah, John, there's a particular rule that was passed we spoke of this spring where a player yep. can preserve their redshirt year if they play four games or less. So that kind of complicates the situation. Jalen Hurts is a true junior. Uh, the competitions with Tua Tonga-Vailoa, who came in the second half and won the championship for Alabama. So you have to try to uh, you know, see what's going through Jalen's mind at this point. If uh, he's not the starter because he want to remain there and be the second-string quarterback handing the ball off when Alabama's ahead by 30 points. Or will he have a sit-down this week, I believe, because school starts on the 22nd of August. Does he want to sit down with Nick Saban and, and just listen to his plan? And, and part of his plan may be you can stay here because he only needs 15 hours to graduate. He's scheduled to graduate in December. And I'll try to preserve your redshirt season, uh, not play more than the four games, and maybe I'll employ the third team quarterback who played quite well the last few scrimmages in, in, in the A-Day game in the spring. So th- those are some of the considerations that Jalen and his family, Nick Saban, must deliberate about in the coming days because it's just not so simple that I'll you know, if Jalen stays there, is he, does he want to forego his redshirt season by just having some spot play? Or does he want to try to create two years of more good memories in college football, but yet stay at Alabama? Wow. That's a lot to think about. So let me ask you, I, I want to be sure I understand it, AP. So could Jalen Hurts, th- theoretically, again, he's going to graduate in December. He's a junior. If he were to play less than four games under the new redshirt rule, or meet the requirements under the new redshirt rule, and let's just say not play a lot, <laughs> to simplify it, right. would he right. would he then be able theoretically to graduate, having played a little bit but not a lot, less than the redshirt rule permits, and then he, he could find himself next January, this January, where he would be a graduated from Alabama, played a little bit on the team, 
yet still have his entire junior year and senior year of eligibility to play at another school? Am I reading that right? That's correct. Yeah, four games or less. And then the, the wow, the uh, part that I, I have to I have to find out for certain is, John, what if you graduate and you have the bowl game, right? You have the the playoff games and things. Can he compete if he intends to transfer? Uh, you know, let's say he plays in a couple of those playoffs. Is he eligible to play in the the playoff games as well? Right, or even for that matter, any bowl game. And you're right, saying this, right. and you're saying this because theoretically he would have graduated, and the bowl games or whatever might spill into quote the next season, as it were, so to speak. Or yeah, I, I, I'm trying. I have to clarify that point in my own mind because I think he can. I think he can. And then wouldn't that be something if you? Uh, oh my gosh! There, you know, you know, something I, happened and he's able to lead the team to a championship. What happens then, right? I mean, right, right. I, I would say he's just in a tremendous position. Um, wow! All, all credit to him for you know number one being in such a position where he's going to graduate in December, but let's just theoretically, because this, this is the way I could see it unfolding. You know, if he's not the starter, let's just say he plays in two games during the regular season and then they end up in the semifinal and the college and the national championship game, hence two more games. Would that count? Would that be part of the four or is it four regular season games? I mean, these are great. These are gigantic questions. Um, yeah, but you, you know, if they are included as part of this whole same season, uh, that would be amazing as well. And then, so let's just say he did that. Let's just say forever, for whatever reason that happened and he ends up playing in those games and contributes, they win the national championship. He's played four games or less under the red shirt rule. He graduates. So then could he return to Alabama? Do you know, or for his senior year, or? Oh, oh yes, you can always. Uh, Alabama's had many players graduate. They're they're in the top, I think, five for players graduating. Fifty-year senior, so to speak. Participating in bowl game. Right. right, they could be a junior too. You know, uh, because some of them start in January of their senior year in high school, so they graduate early. So Alabama's in the top five for graduating players and participating in bowl games, and then they get their second degree. They pursue their masters in state Alabama. Well, AP, I'm going to make a prediction. I could see this the way that a certain NBA role is called the bird role. There's another NFL role called the Brady role. Uh, I could see this someday being called the Jalen role because correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, it's not the, uh, like the best case for him, literally, like if he could like play and even contribute to the team this year, graduate, and then somehow, especially if it was in the postseason bowl games, CFP playoff, whatever, and then all of a sudden he finds himself, you know, having been a contributor again, as he has been the first two years, obviously, ready to like to have two years of instant eligibility, I'm assuming, to go play two years at another university. I mean, it would be like having two distinctly separate college football careers, which just... I don't, I don't know that that's ever really happened before. 
Yes, it would be amazing. That's what I'm saying. And amazing. Here's a person that has won 26 games as a starter. So uh, imagine if he moved on and won quite a few games for another school. Exactly. Incredible. It would be incredible. Like I said, he, he could literally make history under this scenario. Granted, a lot of things have to break right. But i got to tell you, in the show that we were talking about, the Training Days show on ESPN, it's very clear his teammates love him. I don't think anybody who watched that college football playoff national championship game will ever forget how gracious he was after that game in praising Tua, how he was also cheering him in the second half, standing along the sidelines, uh, totally all in. So bottom line, I guess it couldn't, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy is the way I see it. So I would love to see all this scenario. Again, a lot of things would have to break perfectly uh, based on what I know of him and what I've seen of him uh, and what his teammates say about him, it really seems like, you know, he's actually earned, you know, a, a tremendous outcome like this could end up being. Yeah, John, it's just a question of will Nick Saban allow the flexibility? Uh, and that's a, that's a question that has to be answered here pretty soon. Well, I've got to say, you know, personal opinion here, totally. I've got to believe if it turns out that Tua ends up as a starter, just kind of the way the circumstances fall, uh, you know, nobody can predict. You bring in, bring this kid into a, for his first ever football, meaningful football, you bring him into the second half of a national championship game that Alabama's losing and frankly looks lack, lackluster. This kid leads them to the national championship in the second half with an overtime long throw for a touchdown to win it all. And, you know, I mean, I, I would just, if I'm Nick Saban, I kind of look at it and just say, you know, number one, you, you, there's a part of you, you could say, well, you just, to a kind of earn the job based on what happened in the second half, plus whatever goes on all spring and off season long. And he just gets the job. But, you know, I would think that, Nick would have to have like a soft spot in his heart for what Jalen Hurts did to did for him. What twenty six and two over his first two years, if I'm not mistaken, and right. you know national championship appearances and all that, and and just say you know it, it, these are just the circumstances that worked out. But there's nothing more I'd rather see if indeed Tua gets the job than to see good things happen for Jalen Hurts as well. That strikes me as a win-win for everybody, including Nick Saban. Unless he wants yes. Jalen, unless he wants to have a, a terrific number two quarterback in Jalen Hurts sitting on the bench. And there's a lot to be said for that too. So it's not, it's not all black and white, that's for sure. No. So there's some, some issues and questions that must be discussed and addressed and uh, I, I'm, of course, Nick Saban has had quite a while to think about his answer because that Richard rule came out in the springtime and or, or people knew about it was uh, being proposed. So I'm sure he's looked at it many ways and uh, kind of figured out all the scenarios. And so that's, I think that this is most interesting for me to see what will be the final decision by both parties. Correct. 
And just to bring it full circle, AP, I mean, can you, you, you know, we, we talked about, quote, best case scenario. Can you even imagine if somehow, some way, you know, that same attitude that I just discussed that Nick Saban might have, winning the best for Jalen Hurts, if Jalen Hurts ever, you know, walked out the door with Nick's blessing and somehow, some way, you know, Tua gets hurt, what doesn't perform, whatever, and all of a sudden, you know, Alabama struggles and Jalen was allowed to walk out the door. I mean, that hey, can you imagine the firestorm around that? Oh, my goodness, yeah. That's, I mean, football, as you know, it's one play. Correct. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tenth of a second, and everything changes. Correct. Yeah, so, so it's not an easy so decision. He, by no means a slam dunk. So. What's that? I'm sorry. No. No, I said he's trying to win football game. He's trying Correct. to create an Correct. environment where he can cover his bases and have that insurance policy. And who? And what football coach wouldn't want that? What human being wouldn't want that? Right? I mean, absolutely, exactly absolutely. right. Well, boy, this is a quite the discussion. I mean, you really bring up some good information. The key of which, to me, is you know, there's a lot to chew on here, but you know, the fact that. The new redshirt rule is in place, first time ever, and Jalen Hurts is on is scheduled to graduate this December. Are two gigantic, uh, you know, factors in all of this, along with the obvious what's going on on the field type of thing. But AP, we're actually at the end of our third segment, but that was terrific, uh, terrific information on your part. Thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, so why don't we take our final break and still a few more things to get to on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Thunder chickens beware, we're coming for ya. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, it's all about the Spring Gobbler Smackdown and our panel of pros are out for beards. Joining us is David Blanton of Bill Jordan's Real Tree Outdoors and Monster Bucks, outdoor writer M.D. Johnson, and Pete Muller from the National Wild Turkey Federation. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. 
I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is, and this may be a first, preseason NFL game, but it's the Eagles-Patriots right here at Gillette Stadium on Thursday night. It's obviously a rematch of that fabulous Super Bowl from last year. I uh, went to the first preseason game last Thursday night. Really, really a lot of energy. Uh, before drawing the game, stadium was nearly packed. Um, and really a lot of fun to go to as preseason games go to. And it's just the Patriot brand is just bigger and bigger and bigger each year to where now even the preseason games are great. Um, and Tom Brady didn't play last Thursday. Everybody up here in New England is certainly hoping he plays this Thursday. Again, it's the Eagles. Uh, so it's going to bring up a whole lot of memories from last February when the Eagles upset the Patriots in the Super Bowl. A lot of people here still haven't gotten over that. So as preseason games go, Eagles-Patriots this Thursday should be good. And AP, I typically, again, I don't know if my pick of the week has ever been a preseason game, but (laughs) this one could be worthy uh, given it's a Super Bowl rematch and it's all still so fresh up here in Patriot land, not to mention down in Philly. Uh, Oh, yeah, it's a game worth watching. I mean, if you're going to pick a preseason game, you might as well watch the rematch of the Super Bowl. Sure, that's... Correct. Uh, those are two East Coast teams, and uh, so that's the new kid on the block. I know that absolutely. So those guys are, 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 you know, so that's that's the way people view this matchup, and uh, they're trying to dethrone the the Patriots another year. So yeah, why not? Yeah, and I'll also throw in that uh, the Redskins travel well, and they had uh, their their fans were loud and proud last Thursday night in Gillette Stadium, and boy, I really predict, since it's an easy drive, that uh, the Eagles fans are going to come come and crow at Gillette Stadium. Uh, that's just the way all fans are like that. Eagle fans are like that more than most fans. So uh, that, that in and of itself may be worth a trip over to Gillette Stadium for me. So, uh, But AP, back to college football, which of course we've been discussing and always discuss. Uh, uh, another scandal of really, really uh, uh, serious stuff with University of Maryland football. ESPN has broken the story that uh, a player who died of heat stroke a few weeks after apparently suffering heat stroke during a Maryland practice. Uh, and now this story has surfaced about the coaching staff uh Overworking the players. Uh, uh, So, gigantic story yet again, following on the heels of the ugly Urban Meyer, Ohio State scandal, uh, back-to-back. And and here we go again, and both coaches, Urban Meyer and now I believe uh, DJ Durkin, uh, are on administrative leave from their organizations, uh, very similar, that Maryland is now investigating the same way Ohio State is investigating their situation. Uh, So, AP, it's it's a really 
really bad look right now, um, to say the least. So uh, people are weighing in from all sides on this one, and it isn't pretty. No, John, absolutely. When there's death involved, you're going to have the microscope on your program and the severe scrutiny. So there's nothing else that the people from Maryland, I mean, that's the responsibility to that family to investigate, come up with some reasons why they lost their son and hold people accountable. Correct. Correct. Well, it's just going to be interesting to see it unfold. Uh, you know, this is, again, these are two really significant scandals occurring uh, at pre- precisely the moment that the teams are back together and beginning practice, uh, which is the, meaning the worst possible time, to put it mildly. Uh, so we'll see how it all pans out. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh so, yeah, it's, uh, it's really just a bad look all around, uh, you know, and has, and both situations have a gigantic effect, you know, on the world of college football. Um, could be a game changer in both cases uh, with how things are going to look going forward, whether it's, you know, reporting, you know, what did you know, when did you know it in the Ohio State case? And, you know, how teams practice and handle, you know, physical distress uh, going forward. These are both situations that could create literally new rules in the sport of college football. No question. Yeah, John, everyone realizes football is a very difficult game. You're wearing a uniform in 100-degree weather. I mean, just that in and of itself is very difficult. And then you're running and losing all the, the, the fluids in your body. Uh, so there's tra- many trainers around the staff, and they should be aware of, of these uh, situations. And, you know, they're trained, so they should take precautions, and they should intervene when, some, when they see a player that's in, in this uh, predicament. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's just... Uh... You know, who knows? Again, that's really my point in that, you know, people are weighing in from all sides here. There seems to be, you know, a lot of chatter from what, you know, player observations. Obviously, the media is just descending on this. Uh, so both both are Big Ten schools, uh, to say the least. So uh, we shall see, AP. But hard to believe we're... Uh, we're at the end of our show here, and I want to thank you for all your perspective. Uh, it's on now, AP, college football. I mean, I, you actually mentioned it last week, and I, I went and checked, and you were certainly right, as always, that there's actually, today's the 13th, yeah, a week from Thursday is the first college football game. And I think it's University of Colorado at University of Hawaii, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, when we talk next wow. week, wow. <laughs> can you believe that? Ten days from now. A real game, Uh, (laughs) a real college football game. It is unbelievable. It's unreal. It is unreal, but we love it. Can't wait. (laughs) I I will be staying up late that night, Uh, I'm sure, (laughs) watching uh, Colorado and Hawaii. Um, 
Thursday night, April 25th, or August 25th, excuse me. Well, AP, thank you again, and we really appreciate you calling in with your great perspective. It's my pleasure, John. Thank you so much. You're welcome, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.